Welcome back to Equal Time Soccer. I'm Mark Pavratsky here at the world famous Blackheart, the world's only queer soccer bar. We are joined by a captain of UMD's soccer team and a brief owner. I, I realized this uh, just minutes before I got there's an updated record was the brief owner of the record for the fastest consecutive goals. But UMD soccer is insane this year. Uh, so on the, we'll have to discuss that. But we have Jackie Jairs. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so we, we're going to get into this first because like an hour ago, I just saw the I saw the details about you having that game. A, cute, a great game against Northern State, who is doing really well this year. You guys beat them, though. You scored a penalty. 50 seconds later, you break away and score a goal. Uh, tell us that, that feeling. Have you ever had anything like that before where you scored two goals in a minute? Um. No, I don't think I've ever done that before, not even in high school, but it was strange. It didn't feel as quick because there was a little delay of game because a player had gotten a red card and didn't step off the yeah. field and their coach was having an argument with the ref. So like to me, like I didn't realize how fast it was uh -huh. until way after the game when they posted about it. I was like, oh. I, I guess that makes so, sense. But. I'm just happy we won, yeah. They, yeah, pretty much. For people, and for people who haven't seen it, it's one of the cool things. UMD Soccer does a really good job of getting highlights. They have, you know, playing a nice football stadium. I'm sure maybe it makes it easier, but they do a really good job. So the highlights are really fun because it is, it's a great penalty to the left. And then you sneak the ball off a defender on a breakaway and then tip it past the goalie. So that was fun. But your teammate, Anna Tobias, wrecked that seemingly <laughs> and, and did it even half as quick, scoring two goals within 28 seconds. I didn't see the highlights of that. What's happening with the Bulldogs? What? Tell me about Anna doing that. Um. Okay. So I think if I remember the order of the goals correctly, we had been playing Crookston and despite probably having a million shots on goal mm -hmm. in the first half we came out scoreless and then right away in the second half it was just like slot ball right to the six easy pass some fast breaks and then all of a sudden she was scoring three goals getting two she already <laughs> has i mean she already has uh five in ten games i mean so she's scoring a lot i was gonna yeah i was gonna give some space to hype up some of your teammates i mean so she's she's doing that and then someone else i just noticed by you know, not having watched a lot, but seeing their production, um, Miriam Marsan only plays, has played, you know, a lot less minutes, but like basically a goal or assist every 90. So I just wondered, yeah, what makes those two so productive for the offense for you guys? Um, I think for, for Anna, she's just kind of a go-getter. She works hard. She's willing to do anything to get the ball and to put it into the back of the net. And then mm -hmm. for Mim, she just, she has a lot of finesse. Okay. Um, Definitely a finesse kind of player, always has the dangles, great passes. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has some of the best assists on our team, so mm -hmm. it's no shock. Yeah, very cool. And then, I mean, we'll talk about some of the tougher results you've had, but um, maybe not as much scoring in some games as you would have wanted, but also you've been holding teams to really um, – a strong defensive output in terms of not letting them score. Um, some of the people playing a lot, Rachel Bilkey, is that how you say her? Uh, Bilkey, yeah. Bilkey. Cam and then Campbell Christensen playing a lot in defense along with your keeper, Jennifer Norris, who was like a few weeks ago was keeper of the week. Um, what is it about your defense that's been able to keep you in some of those games, even if you didn't, you know, get the goals you wanted out of them? Um, well, obviously Rachel is, uh, she's six foot one. She's my roommate and one of my best friends as well. And, uh, she's crazy fast, 
great at shutting down fast breaks, great at getting the ball out of the air. I mean, she really does a great job of protecting our goalie, Jenny. And mm-hmm. um, Jenny is also another one of my roommates. Uh-huh. She has the probably the craziest saves I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> I know against Augie, she had a couple like upper 90 tip overs. Same with Wayne. She's just a rock for us in the net. And uh-huh. then... Cam's really stepped up this year as a sophomore to like fill the gaps we had with defense. Obviously we had a couple seniors graduate last year. So mm-hmm. just been great to see. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, when you're the defense and the keeper on a team that's fighting in the mid table of NSIC, that means you're having a lot of games where you do face a lot of offensive pressure. So, I mean, you have a keeper who can get into good, if they're, if they take the shots well, they can get into good form because you just faced Mankato and Concordia. So you're taking a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, that was we could talk about that. I mean, you had that must be the shittiest weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's an away weekend at Concordia at Mankato. It's really tough the way the travel pairings work out. They're a tough travel pair to host um, and go to. Um, talk about you being a captain going into those two games. You have a bunch of freshmen. What do you try to impart or try to do in terms of mindset? Because I think a lot of it is, of course, there's talent, but it's also a mindset difference from a team that intimidates and like the teams that intimidate and want to win uh what do you do as a captain to try to impart you know a steadiness and something positive in ahead of them um definitely something we focus on is talking about controlling the controllables obviously like there's a chance that you're going to go down in those games but you can't just roll over basically you got to keep working and um for the NSIC, I feel like it's really big on any team can win any game. There's yeah. been crazy upsets every single year. I'm The rankings always come down to the last weekend. So even now, since like we lost, it's still it doesn't change anything about our season. We still yeah. have eight games left, a lot mm-hmm. of minutes to play. So it's kind of just like being able to take it and move on and like learn from the experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember first time like you played at Mankato or was it, you know, was it something that you know, you had to get kind of get used to in terms of one of the things they do. I mean, we talked about, it, it's like, they have a huge roster. And so like, they just like scream and yell the whole game. <laughs> and it, it's, <laughs> yeah. kind of, it's kind of a yeah. lot. Like, they really, and they do it on purpose. You know, it's like, I wonder how, yeah, how'd you get used to that? <laughs> I mean, on top of the fact that, yeah, they scream and yell the whole game. I think they have the biggest field in the conference as well. Mm-hmm. One of the only teams with grass I have, for us in Duluth, it hasn't been warm. And then we go to Mankato and it's 91 degrees. Yeah. Like it's kind of just (laughs) probably the biggest field with the most home field advantage for sure. Because they can can run. It works for them, right? Yeah. They play a lot of balls over the top, basically run your team into the ground. And then for us, we've been training. It's been 65 degrees every day. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a 30 degree jump. But yeah, it's an adjustment. (laughs) But it's also, again, like a good, like, learning experience. I don't think you can play anywhere and have it be worse. Yeah. (laughs) Worse conditions. Yeah. Um, It timed out with the heat wave, too, because it hadn't been that hot in the Twin Cities in Mankato previous, but then you went down when it was 90. And yeah. it's the it was like the weekend they canceled the St. Paul Marathon. Yeah, I was saying the marathon got canceled, too, which was we're on the bus at 6 30 in the morning finding out that the marathon's gone like, we're gonna go play yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go play our game yeah. yeah well but still i mean so i mean losing to those teams maybe you know something that um 
you know, it, it maybe the odds are not in your favor. So, but also, I mean, like the, the game against Minnesota State, I mean, you held on. I mean, those goals came over the course of the game. I mean, so you did hang in, you hung into the game and didn't let it get away from you. And then obviously, like you said, you just try to learn from it. You have a little bit better matchups coming in um, this next weekend. You're playing you, Mary, and you're playing Minot, who they're kind of having, they're having a real, when you say t- any team can lose, they're having a real start of the season where, they're getting tripped up in ways they haven't. Um, so how do you, I mean, how much do you uh, change your mindset going into these games and hope to actually turn it around and get some points? Um, for these games, I think it's knowing that since we're in a similar position, it's definitely going to be like a, a fight to the death, for yeah. lack of a better word. Like uh-huh. we both need points desperately. So I feel like it's going to be a really physical game, a really tough game. But it's also knowing that, we if we show up and we do what we're supposed to do we can come out with mm-hmm. six points this weekend so it's yeah. kind of that mentality that like if we do control the controllables there's no reason we shouldn't come out this weekend with a win mm-hmm. is there something like so when i think about when we talked to you know maybe players you're playing for bemidji or for um at minnesota state and mankato you know we talk about them not like overlooking games that maybe are easy for you i mean as kind of a mid-table team that maybe i guess could be the case too where you're like well these are the games we expect we're gonna we we, we think we can beat you mary because we we expect to finish ahead of them in the table um and then with minot it maybe is just it's just always a grind they seem to really mm-hmm. sit back um it's really tough this year they've given up more goals but how do you I mean obviously maybe it's that you just need to get your offense going and score you can't you know and because you didn't get much this last weekend how much do you focus on that and do you think um you'll fare better against Mary and Minot in terms of getting goals in um obviously a focus at practice this week has definitely been confidence building with scoring um I think we're trying to figure out like the best way for us to score. I feel like some other teams have like pretty consistent ways that they're putting goals away. Whereas for us, it could be a free kick. It could be a corner. It could be a fast break, which is great that we're able to score in so many different ways, but also it would be nice to have like the, the way that we can score every single time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think for me up front and for those I play with, that's something that like we've all been focusing on trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And obviously last year we did lose a game or two that we definitely should not have lost. And it really cost us. So I know for us older kids, that's definitely in the back of our heads. Yeah. You missed by one point. I mean, just talk about how much of a letdown that was because you improved so much from the previous year, previous year had been, you know, three, nine and three in the conference. And then you basically had a 500 record last year and you're one point out. Just how much of a letdown was that? How do you get over that? You don't get over it, but that's the thing. Sometimes you got to hold on to it so that it doesn't happen again. Because I know uh-huh. last year, I think it was the SMSU Sioux Falls weekend that we left knowing that we basically had put ourselves in the worst position yeah. possible going into the next few weeks. And we did end up winning out for a while. Yeah. But um, waiting to your last game to find out that you you go from fifth to ninth yeah, is probably – the worst possible scenario, but I think it's just made us tougher. Yeah. It's made us like more hungry for wins and like more able to bounce back because like we know how it feels. We yeah. don't ever want to do it again. Yeah. So yeah. it's that kind of idea. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. You don't get over it. I mean, you just, you try to use it for motivation and you tell yeah. them in your, and then you're the old veteran telling the freshman, like, you don't understand. You need to, <laughs> you're going to know the the pain and hurt if you don't take this seriously. Yeah. Um, pretty yeah, much. Hey, 
you have to find the points where you can. Um, how much did it, I mean, it's a, it's been a successful program in the past, but the years when you got into it, they hadn't been winning so much. And then last year you had a winning record. How much did that do for your personal expectations? And then also just for the internal expectations in the team? Um, I think for us older players that were around for when we didn't have a winning record, it's kind of like encouraging to know that like we can be the ones that turn it around. Like we were a part of turning the program around. And then for the younger kids, I feel like it's the expectation that we're going to continue to get better. So since yeah. they've been watching us improve every year, I think they know that it's the expectation that we're going to have, we're going to go above 500 this year. We're not just going to hit 500. We want to make the tournament. We're not just missing out. Yeah. So I, I think it's like that kind of vibe that like us older players know we can control our own destiny and the younger players are excited to be a part of it. Yeah. For you. And then for you, then taking this up, uh, being named one of the captains, what, how do you, how do you see yourself as a captain or how much did you think about like, this is what I need to, these are the things I need to do to play, you know, the role I'm supposed to, to play this year. Um, obviously I put a lot of pressure on myself to score and, and be a part of goals since that is my, my main role on the team. But I also think for me, it's important to encourage the younger players to step up because I felt like when I was younger, it was all on the older players or maybe like the younger players contribution wasn't as significant, but mm -hmm. this year I like the idea that our team feels like everyone is contributing. It's like not just the people that are starting and it's not just the seniors on the field. It's, it's everybody that's bringing the team along kind mm -hmm. of. Thing. Yeah. And what, in terms of the squad, I mean, the results may be in terms of the points aren't maybe where you would have liked to be, but like you said, you're really right in the fight and you have a more favorable schedule coming up. Um, obviously things to improve on, but in terms of for people who haven't watched the team, I haven't watched any of your games yet. What is the team doing well and what, what are you building off, you know, that, you know, you can, you can rely on as you try to improve and score more goals and things like that. Um, I think we're good at, creating opportunities in the way that because we are we fight so hard like we get we get fouls in great locations like we're working on our set pieces we're good at winning corners um as a team i think we defend really well um we like attack the ball as a group obviously we have breakdowns we have moments but i think we've been getting a lot better about playing together since we do have such a young team we did have eight freshmen come in so it's kind of just like adapting and bringing the younger players in and we're slowly just coming together with our own style of play. Yeah, one one quirk too this year because um, Upper Iowa left the conference, or Western Illinois, I should say, or no, Upper Iowa. Now I'm thinking of Summit League. I'm confusing all the people <laughs> I watch. But Upper Iowa left, and then so the schedule was a little funky, I'm sure, because it was planned. So I don't know when you guys found this out, but it ended up with a lot of teams having non-conference games. They are non-conference, but it, it against NSIC opponents. Mm -hmm. So you've already played St. Cloud twice, a tough year to play St. Cloud twice because they happen to be in about the best form they've had, uh, you know, in, yep. a, in at least five years. What about one, I guess, was that weird to have to play them? Maybe you're going to have to play them three times if you make the playoffs. But yeah. right? <laughs> if you're yeah. up playing teams three times, but maybe you might play Minot three times. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's crazy. The idea and like, we played Northern obviously at the beginning, but now we're meeting them again in the middle of October. Like, yeah, it's been, a, it'll have been a month and a half. Like who knows 
yeah. what's going to happen. And I'm sure they left upset right um, with the result, especially since right now they're doing really well in the rankings and we're not doing as well. So maybe they feel like yeah. they deserved that or yeah. whatever. So it'll just, it'll definitely be interesting to see that game come out. Cause with St. Cloud, it was back to back. Yeah. So it was kind of just like a real stinger yeah. there yeah. to get it twice in a row. Yeah. But um, I think the time will definitely be a factor between yeah. us and Northern. It'll be a bummer if, you, like, say a team edges someone out and, like, you beat them in the non-conference game. But not yeah. like, that'll be what's a bummer because you're like, well, if we would have got points for both. So that'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of really tight between, you know, I was thinking in the beginning of the year, you know, between Winona and you and St. Cloud, I mean, those are all teams fighting for those, those last spots. And you would think for St. Cloud winning, I mean, you had tough games against them, um, almost got a result in one of them two one, but what is it about them? That's that why they're doing so well. I'm going to have to catch a game and also get someone on, on the program to talk to them. Um, They have a, a really dynamic midfield. They have a couple of players who, are really fast, really good at penetrating the defense. Mm -hmm. And they've always had great shooters. Uh -huh. Like from anywhere on the field, they're that team that shoots an upper 90 shot and sinks it. So I think they're just, they're really dangerous everywhere. And because they've kind of added a layer of speed to it, they're hard yeah. to defend. And they've yeah. had a lot of success scoring wise on really good teams and yeah. they know how to put it away. Clearly they, yeah, it's, it's been, they had a crazy weekend uh, getting results against, um, Mankato and, and I think Concordia this weekend. So yeah, going to be, they are ones uh, definitely in, in a solid position already along with Northern kind of surprising. Um, take a second here to read a break from our sponsor, Pence Homes. This show is brought to you by Pence Homes. I live in a Pence Homes home. And whether you're buying or selling, looking to do projects in your current home, Nate and Lydia can help you. Nate Pence has been a supporter of the women's soccer community with Minnesota Aurora, also through Equal Time. So they're a wonderful group to support. They can help with their preferred lender, Andy Shearer. If you need any type of real estate help, go to PenceHomes.com or social media at Pence Homes. And I also want to shout out our sponsor, Modest. I'm still figuring out the angles on how to point right on the screen, but Modest Brewing up there, a new beverage partner for us, providing uh, support so that we can cover the women's game like Venice I see. Thank you, Modest Brewing. Um, so to get a little background on how you ended up in Duluth, when did you first talk to UMD? How did they first see you? Um, so the summer... I decided I wanted to be a chemical engineer uh, pretty early in okay. high school, and it's a it's a really niche major. So uh, yeah. finding a Division two school that has a good not just the program but a good program was right. uh, definitely a challenge. So going into my junior year, uh, I went to an ID camp just to like see uh -huh. how it was, like what was up, and obviously it turned out well. Uh, I ended up going on an official visit that fall, mm -hmm. committed that spring, and then I, I guess the rest is history. The Swenson engineer, so okay, Swenson School out. of Engineering, right? Yep, and that's one of UMD's best, uh, you know, most specific programs. They also have a cool like outdoor program. Um, what? And you didn't even. So did you even apply to other places? I didn't. Once, I mean, I I had figured out I was coming here before my senior year, so I. Right. There was no reason. I knew I was going to get in. 
there, <laughs> nice. there was no reason to have a backup plan. So I, I only ended up applying to one school. So you had, you had solid, well, if you're preparing to be a chemical engineer, yeah, I would think you have some good grades. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, Hey, not everyone gets into that school. That, I mean, UMB is not some really, really elite school, but that is a tough school to get it. That's tougher to get into. Yeah. It's definitely one of the most academic schools and yeah. the NSIC for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's cool. Well, it's, yeah. And, and so it wasn't, I guess, I mean, cause there's a legendary coach there, coach Kane, like your school did the work for you. I'm sure one of the things you, you're used to. So, but I'm sure part of it was meeting the coaching staff and knowing like, you know, these are, cause otherwise I guess you could have gone to school and not played soccer, but what, what is it about Greg Kane? And it, it wasn't the assistant who's there now who's Sidney Burrell um, when you were being recruited, but what about him and his staff also made you feel you know confident that you want to be a part of the team? Um, so Greg is, he's really big on like caring about us as like people. Um, school's really important. How we're doing like in our own personal lives is important to him. So I think it was finding a coach that knows that we are people outside of us as players. I feel like I had other friends that went to other schools that ended up hating their head coaches because they didn't care about that sort of thing or didn't acknowledge when they were struggling and Greg's really big on like making sure that we're like happy and doing okay and uh-huh. school's going well. So it's just like having a coach that honestly cares. Cause I feel like you can find a decent coach anywhere, but it's someone who actually cares about its players. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, he's been there forever. Uh, I'm not, it's not meant to be an age comment, Greg, more a status, <laughs> a, a status of wins over 250 wins. Holy that is a lot of games. And, and he also used to be the tennis coach as well. Shout out, Greg. I don't know if you know that, Jackie. <laughs> I didn't even know in that. The 90s, in the 90s, Coach Kane was also the tennis coach, Kane. So shout out uh, to that. But um, And talk about – and then you have a new assistant this year, Sydney Brell, who played in the conference. So you're playing Mary this weekend. Maybe get some tips from from Sydney who played at, at Mary. Um, does she hop into training with you guys? Because she's pretty recent from the field. Yeah, she does sometimes. She likes to show us that she could have uh, kicked our butts <laughs> back in the day. And she could have? It sounds like you're affirming that. I mean, she's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah? And I mean, she's 25, so she's still she's good. Mom strength. And she got, yeah, she's got adult strength. That more. <laughs> she just, yeah, she's was clearly a great player. I think when I found out she was going to be our coach, I looked her up and like, you, Mary, had beat UMD 4-1 and she had scored on us. Oh, so it's kind of like... Sense. She knows. Now you have the now you have the insight for this weekend. Um, so that I mean, it's interesting to hear. I mean, you were just you really knew what you wanted out of school, and then that followed with soccer. So I mean, would you didn't have any? I mean, you were a good player. You were a state champion in high school. Um, and was there any thought, you know, in your head, you're like, God, if a D one coach said I could come, even if it was like, was there a thought of that, like, oh, I might be able to go walk on or even just be on a team. Um, there were, there were like smaller D1 schools that I had like talked with or had interest from, but I think for me, I, I didn't necessarily think I would be able to handle the school Uh aspect the way I wanted to. I'm a very like particular student, Uh not getting A's hurts my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) One of those kinds of students. So I knew that I I wanted to be able to like genuinely focus on school and also yeah. Again, with en- with engineering, like smaller Division One schools don't typically have it. Yeah. So, and I I knew I never wanted to like go to like try to walk on some Big Ten school and yeah. 
yeah. commit so much time to yeah. never play. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, the play, yeah, school life balance. And clearly, if, yeah, you know, the priority chemical engineering will take you somewhere for sure. If you're doing that, <laughs> have you, and I mean, Duluth is also a cool place to major in that. I think maybe I saw like from LinkedIn or something, but have you like interned and stuff from doing that type of work or, you know, what have you, uh, what, are, what are you leaning into? Cause you've been studying in a while now. Yeah. So I actually already have a job um, for next year. <laughs> So I did an energy engineering internship last summer with yeah. Train Technologies, which is like a it's like a sustainability company that like focuses on like HVAC lighting and like yeah. energy efficiency to reduce emissions. So I did yeah. an internship with that and then I ended up getting a, a full-time position in Colorado to continue working for them. So cool. There you go. We lined up I lined up for next year already. Yeah. Uh, all right. So no fifth year for me. Hey, parents, shout out. She already has a job for next year. Making us all look bad. I think I was definitely had to go into an unpaid internship. That's what a poli sci degree gets you. In <laughs> um, uh, talk in high school, though. I mean, two state championships. I didn't look up the the class or whatever. I don't know who you're, you know, the, but you won two state championships. What are your favorite? Obviously, winning it is a great memory. But like, do you have a favorite goal? I'm sure you scored on the road to some of those games. Like, do you have favorite memories and from those those winning seasons? Um, so I only won one because my senior season got canceled because of COVID. So they won the year after, like they won after that. But oh, I see. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, my junior year was the first one my program had ever won, and wow. I think between. The sectional final, the state semifinal, and the state final, I had four goals. Um, so it was a it was a it was definitely a run, but my favorite goal was probably gosh, the state final goal, it was kind of like a left-footed Hail Mary uh -huh. 30-yard shot. So that was uh -huh. that was great. But my yeah my semifinal goal was the game winner and it was the first we had gone to the state semifinals six years in a row and it was so first, not exactly a losing program just yeah so yeah. it was the first time we had ever been like winning yeah. in the fine in the semifinal yeah. and like yeah. that moment honestly even like beat the final for me because it was just like finally it gave the, like, me the belief yeah yeah. And like, it was like this moment that like, oh my gosh, like we're finally actually going to the final. Uh -huh. That and is a tough, that's a tough pattern to break. I mean, it is, like I said, you're winning a lot, but that's a tough psychological thing when it's that game every time. It's like Minnesota yeah. stuff, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It was like, and we were the fourth seed playing the one seed. And like, we kept saying like yeah. six times a charm, but like, yeah. that's not a real phrase. No, but it's, it is now. <laughs> but it is now. So it was probably, it was probably that for me. That was cool. just like the turning point. Cause my freshman and sophomore year were extremely, disappointing in the semifinal because yeah my freshman year at least that was probably the, the best team I was ever on yeah for high school so like yeah. and when we didn't win that year we had beaten the person that won earlier in the season yeah that's so tough. it just like extra stung yeah when we didn't show up for the semifinal but where would you guys play the state championships in Wisconsin um they're at uh Eline which is like a soccer facility in Milwaukee okay the, the turf is i think they finally redid it after oh, i was gone but it was oh wait do you play in the spring or do you play in the fall in uh there's we're spring 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. God, that makes the weather even worse because that's, yeah, like to know, yeah, the mud that you have to have turf. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think, gosh, the year we won the final, it was June 20 something and it was 49 degrees. We had this weird, crazy cold snap yeah. in June in Wisconsin and we were wearing our long sleeve jerseys for the game. Well, because in Minnesota, the high school playoffs are always in the fall. So it was always snow. Like we'd always have snow in, in one of the games, like always. Oh. And it's like, okay. Um, but then that's why they play the final in like the Vikings domes. Yeah, that's crazy. I wish. I, mean, <laughs> I wish that's also weird. Because it's weird to play in there when it's not full. It's like really loud. But yeah, it, it is funny. Um, not that I would know, but just from asking players. Um, if So what if. I mean, I also watch when I watch, I love seeing all these like recruiting videos people have to make um, in high school. And one of the things I was like, oh God, I was reminded of the type of fields you have to play on because you're either playing on a football turf field, which you're used to now. And like, that would be some of it. Or you're playing on the bumpiest, like, like, and I was watching you try to make passes and stuff and it, and it works, but it's like, <laughs> which did you, what would you prefer? Like bad turf or bad grass like because i'm wondering which it, it maybe it's easier for you to pass on just like slick turf or do your thing oh gosh i would have to say bad turf yeah especially because you can ask anyone in the conference the hardest field to play on is moorheads because yeah. of how bumpy it is like it's a high school football field, right? It's the more or no it's their it's their call or is it is it it's, just it's a soccer, soccer field oh, okay. but it just I don't know what, why, but it has these insane bumps that like you can be dribbling and all of a sudden the uh -huh. ball is up at your waist. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like it's better to be like scrambling with too fast of passes than yeah. be like thrown off when you even yeah. take a touch and the ball yeah. goes flying another way. Yeah. So well, we'll probably see. bad turf. If you're in the if you're in the NSIC tournament this year, your opinions might change because of all the like we've watched some like frozen turf games in Bemidji too, where it's like, all right, well here here we are shoveling it off, and it really really moves. That that's the funny one too when the the, the rubber gets cold enough to be hard, rock hard. Yeah, uh, the, the PK shootout where they had to shovel between every single uh, shot. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know that game. All the other Bemidji State athletic teams continuously show up and shovel it like the baseball and football guys. So shout out to you guys. Um, <laughs> where's your favorite place to play then in, in NSIC? And it, or it could just be a few the other non-conference ones you got to play. You go to the UP and stuff. I don't know where else you guys have gone. Where are your favorite places to play? Um, I'm biased. I think our field is the best. But uh, Concordia has got a pretty good field. And obviously oh. a lot of people's families are from there. So we usually get a decent crowd. Yeah. Everyone really likes. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else's field that I I like. Well, like like. Northern Northern has a really nice little like soccer yeah. specific stadium, right? Yeah, but, Northern and Minot both have great turf, uh -huh. like newer great turf. Right. The and travel is what gets me there, but Aberdeen's a way out. But it is that's I've always wanted to go because it's one of the few. There just literally aren't hardly any soccer stadiums that are actually a little stadium. Like Elizabeth Lyle Robbie, the Gopher Stadium is a great little one. St. Thomas is going to probably build theirs out. But yeah, that's um that's cool. But yeah, it is a travel. It's travel. yeah, they have yeah beautiful turf. Like yeah. in terms of quality of field, the only negative is the. <laughs> Eight-hour bus ride to Aberdeen. Oh God, yeah, it's kind of a boring ride too. Once you get past the woods, um, you. But also, I mean, um, Bemidji and you guys both have 
there's you get late view from your stadium going you're at least if you're in the stands a little bit maybe i don't yeah, know yeah if you're in the but stands like, you can see it they have like you guys have a good view bemidji right by lake bemidji is pretty cool you know mm -hmm. that's yeah that is there's a lot of good away trips um Except for, and Mankato, shout out, you're, it's a place that uh, Jackie does not want to play. Um, <laughs> if you weren't, who's your favorite team to beat in the NSIC? Or, or it might even be this, like this year's left, you know the context of it, but like, who do you most want to beat generally in the in the conference? Um, I'm trying to think. One of the only teams I think that we haven't beat or tied since I've been there is... Winona okay um, so for me that would just just like a personal yeah. personal goal because I mean we 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 beat Concordia my sophomore year it was one of our only wins it was a rush it's so fun yeah um, we've tied Mankato before we've beat Augie before which that was uh, the oh. win against Augie was probably one of my my all-time favorites but for sure yeah going off of like games coming up and like who we we i haven't beat since i've been here it would definitely be winona yeah well keep your eyes out fans because it's going to be honestly should be a decent it, it will pr have playoff implications of some kind and it's friday october 27th it's the second to last game so one game at a time for you jackie but we can look ahead uh to the other <laughs> games if you want to um but if you weren't so i i we got away from this but so if you weren't at umd say like oh and you just picked another place because of a school or something, you know, like you want just for any, or, or if it happened to be that D1 team you like snuck onto, if it wasn't UMD, where do you think it would have been? Um, if I didn't play sports, I wanted to go to Notre Dame. That was my, my dream when I was a kid. Um, who knows if I would have gotten in, I didn't apply, but that was kind of like my non-sports dream. And then if I was, Going based off of, I guess, academics, probably like Michigan Tech, um, sure. great engineering school as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah, could have been up in the UP, could have been UP. Yeah, I, the snow was a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Duluth's pretty snowy too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, anything worse than Duluth in terms mm -hmm. of snow probably would have been too much for me. But mm -hmm. I know that that was um, mm -hmm. something that my family right. and I looked at at the time. Right. You are up on the hill in Duluth. I mean, I was down by the lake, so it's like there's a certain yeah, it is different sometimes. But it, no, it's there's a lot of snow. And the, yeah, there was one month, the first April I lived in Duluth, it snowed sixty inches. It was great. Yeah, so, we we got 140 yeah. last year, so yeah, um, <laughs> that was a little traumatizing. Yeah, but. it is. It is. Well, and I so I wanted to ask you. I lived in Duluth a lot of my life, so I got to ask you a couple of just like living in Duluth favorites. Where are the favorite places you like to eat or get food in Duluth? Could also be just somewhere you go, like up the shore or something too, if you're, I don't know. Okay. So uh, favorite coffee shop right now is yeah. Andy Coffee. It's a local place. Uh -huh. It's a little bit more up the shore, just like 10 minutes from yeah. campus. Uh, yeah. That's a big favorite for us. Yeah. We live across the, the scenic. Isn't it on the scenic? It's the not on the scenic, but it's like going towards it. Like it's kind of by Brighton yeah. Beach yep. area. So yeah. that's a big favorite. And then Tav's across the street. So uh -huh. we go there after every home game with our parents sure. and get our free food. But sure. um, what is that? What's what do you mean? What's the free food situation? Well, when our parents come to see us, then oh. it's like, oh, we're going out to <laughs> yeah. eat for free. <laughs> of course. I thought, you had a, I thought there was an NIL deal we had to announce. No, no, no. NIL deal. Just us mooching off of our parents on home I mean, look, weekends. 
they they love it. They want to do it. Favorite outdoor spots in Duluth or in the area where you've got, you know, when you're not maybe so busy with soccer? Um, I really like Brighton Beach. And then my roommates and I go up the North Shore to like the Palisade Head area. And that's oh, always super cool. It's crazy. Yeah. It is it's cool beautiful. to hike that. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely beautiful, and it's only an hour away, so it's just a fun little getaway trip we do. Yeah, they people climbing that like it's a really pretty intense rock face for people if you go up there, and then mm-hmm. people are doing the full on climb down to the water, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not standing by this edge. I, it's, it's gorgeous and it's cool, but I'm like, give me a six foot breadth. On this. <laughs> yeah, it's also yeah, it's terrifying. And then we've also gone all the way up to Lutzen before too, yeah. so we've done some of that fall yeah. hiking which is also great so yeah so pretty yeah my favorite yeah. thing when I worked in Duluth was to take a sick day and just drive up the shore <laughs> and be like, yeah. this is a mental health day and I'm just gonna go outside <laughs> um, yeah we've done some crazy like negative 18 degree sunrises and stuff just the yeah. lake it does this like you've seen the steam like the lake's breath it's amazing. so when you go for a super cold sunrise oh it's the best yeah oh it's a, yeah and then i mean I, saw, I think i saw a picture on your like you've gone out on the on the ice like it's good to go out on like spirit pretty close to shore i'm assuming but that yeah. is funny and you when it's actually clear that's pretty intense like i've done on small lakes obviously but doing it on lake superior is cool yeah that is cool. really I, cool. yeah gotta go out to um out to park point and do that hike Oh, like if you go to the end of the beach and then you do like the nature area, that is a really sweet spot. It's like two miles of woods at the end of Park Point and it's okay. just like down the middle. It's so sick. Yeah. I, I was yeah. going to say, I've never done that. People uh, don't really, you have to walk past the airport. We're getting in granular. We don't care. You have to walk past that airport, the little sea airport, you know, you just walk on the side of that. There's a little path and then, yeah, you'll usually see like one person with a dog coming out or something. Yeah. So, okay. I'll definitely have to do that before we get our our cold snap coming up. It's perfect in the fall. Perfect. Yeah. Um, If you weren't playing soccer, I didn't try to do any digging on this, what other sports you played, what, what, uh, but what else would you play in college if it wasn't soccer? And it could just be a desire. It doesn't mean you have the talent for it. (laughs) Um, I, I played basketball in high school. And Uh then one thing I never got to do because Wisconsin soccer is in the spring is I never got to run track. Yeah. Um, that was something I always kind of wanted to do just because, like, I'm I'm decently fast. I you guess I sprints? like... You want to do sprints? What do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, I'd probably do sprints, but it's just I never really got to do, like, that formal training or anything like that. Uh-huh. So it would be interesting, I guess, to see, like, how fast I could be. Right. But, yeah, I loved basketball growing up. I only ended up quitting in high school because of the overlap with like club soccer and high school basketball and doing AAU basketball on top of all the soccer stuff. It was just like, yeah, I needed a little bit of control over my life. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you were taking it seriously then if you're trying to play AAU on the side and stuff, what, what position did you play? Um, I was, I was a point guard slash I could sometimes, I'm not super tall, but I'm like a stronger player. So sometimes I played like a small forward kind of position, but that was only on teams when I played with like people way shorter than me. Uh Otherwise I I usually played point guard. Right on. Yeah, that's cool. That's nice. You you have, I mean, go watch, you can go live the glory days, watch UMD basketball and just say you would have, would have been good enough. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't (laughs) pretend to have been good enough for our basketball team. They're they're crazy. 
I would have been good at sprints and I get a chance to try. Yeah, that's a bummer <laughs> for soccer players because they do match up well that being able to, in Minnesota, being able to play soccer in the fall and that do track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm so jealous of all my teammates. They're like, oh, you never did track? And I'm like, no, I wasn't allowed to. I couldn't do it. You didn't want to play volleyball because you were doing club soccer? Oh, gosh, no. I'm not tall enough for volleyball. I was <laughs> I was like five feet tall until high school. I didn't hit my growth spurt until then. So there was no chance I was ever going to be good at volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Do you, have, do you have a favorite soccer player? Oh, like professional? Whatever, yeah, could be um, right. My favorite men's player right now is Erling Holland. Sure, um, love his playing style, mm-hmm. love just like basically the pure athleticism. Um, yeah, yeah. And then growing up, my favorite players, I'm not really with the new U.S. women's national team players, I think I'm like getting because I'm becoming their age. I'm like struggling to connect with them. There's a lot of new ones, yeah, there's a lot of new ones. We've, yeah. Yeah, but growing up, it was like Abby Wambach and Tobin Heath. And then Alex Morgan was kind of like a young player as I was growing up. So yeah. it was kind of more them. But I guess between the new ones, I like I like Gurma. Yeah. She's the the new center back. Yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah, she got a lot of shine. I think she was one of the people who people like definitely said, okay, she can step in as this next like generation. Because, yeah, those, I mean, the people who are in their mid-30s just hung on forever. And not in a bad way. They just were yeah. there forever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Rapino retiring. Maybe she'll come back to the bar. We'll have a little fan. <laughs> people can meet her here. That's what I'm <laughs> for. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, Jackie. For everybody, we mentioned it before, but this Friday, UMD hosts You Mary, 6 p.m. at Molaski Stadium. Beautiful place up in Duluth. You can stream it also if you're not in the Twin Ports area on NSIC Network or NSIC Network app. One of the few places that's just purely easy to watch college soccer, easy and well-produced. And then on Sunday, a really tough game with Minot State. Definitely playoff implications in that one. How many points from this weekend, Jackie, from those two? How many points are we getting? Hopefully six. There we go. That's what you want from your captain. Thank you so much, Jackie. And uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on UMD as they race into the postseason. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you.